Hi, everybody. I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Rowena Millwood. Rowena is a personal growth and business expert, and when she's not busy working with Fortune 500 companies, she's helping business owners learn to reframe their fears to thrive in work and life. With a background in psychology and neuroscience, Rowena has some great advice for what to do when life throws you a curveball, and she's here today to share how we can navigate challenges and change as an opportunity for growth. Hi, Rowena. Thanks for joining me. So great, great to have you on the show. Oh, it's a welcome to be here. <laughs> Excellent. Now, I'd like to have a little chat with you about growth, obviously, because you've got your new book out, Uncomfortable Growth, Own Your Reinvention. So I think that's a very appropriate conversation for us to be having. <laughs> now, growth has been quite the buzzword in recent years, especially because of um COVID, I think people have had a bit of time to reassess what they're doing. But um, growth is kind of a lot more than, you know, getting that promotion or topping your sales figures or, you know, having your eyes on the prize for the business. There's a lot more to growth than that. What does growth mean to you when you're talking about growth? Yeah. So, you know, growth can be many things for many people, but for me, the definition of growth is expanding to become more. And I think, you know, in the business world, we think of expanding to become more with KPIs such as sales, such as number of customers, etc. But when it comes to personal growth, um, expanding to become more can manifest in many ways. And I think that's where it comes down to some of those softer measures like are you happy in your life? Do you feel fulfilled? Um, have you felt that you've learnt um, from past experiences? And I think, you know, it's important to also recognise that while growth is a wonderful outcome, getting there isn't easy. So some of those soft measures are not always happy, positive measures, but they do relate to whether you've learnt whether you've expanded and become more. Yeah, so when you're talking about those the, that human side of growth, the human elements to growth, and as you said, sometimes that can be hard and uncomfortable and um, involve difficult conversations or, you know, looking at yourself and, and maybe some of your triggers and what you do in a different light. So you talk a lot about that in your book. Can you dive into that a little bit for our audience? Yeah, so... Um... One of the things I think that comes from personal growth is being able to know yourself to grow yourself. And I think we don't often step back and really reflect on what we've already experienced and what we already know. And there's so much insight that comes from just looking back at both the positive and the challenges, the things that you know, were uncomfortable because we didn't see them coming. They weren't nice things necessarily. Um, they were hard things, you know, whether it's a relationship breakup, whether it's not being able to follow the career path you thought you had laid out, whether it's the loss of a person you love. But all of those things 
finally, you know, kind of translate into understanding who the person we are today is. And that's really the foundation of how then we can have the courage and conviction to continue to grow and to actually own our own growth. Certainly it's been a challenging couple of years for the majority of Australians, so I'd say they've all weathered a bit of um, Mm -hmm. change over that time. And I think some of us have probably fared better than others uh, at being able to navigate Mm -hmm. that change. So from your perspective as someone who also coaches uh, leadership and um, change, what, what are some things that people can can look out for to be able to navigate change and not maybe feel so overwhelmed when they're hit by chaos or the unexpected? Yeah, so um, so I think there's two sources of change um, and what you're referring to is often the change that is imposed on us. Um, so COVID's a really good example of that where no one expected a pandemic Um, And so that's something that happened to everyone. And it was all about how do we how do we deal with that? And in that context, it's really important to be able to step back and just check in with where you are with the change that's happening around you. Um, And the really difficult thing with unexpected change or curveballs, as I like to say, (laughs) is uh, Um, they often trigger things which are already there. So, for example, in the case of COVID, um, security was triggered. You know, do we have jobs? Um, Who is going to get COVID? Who could die? So there was a lot of triggers around security and safety, which are really at the heart of us as humans. They're fundamental needs. Um, For other people... It was just, you know, being able to understand how to set boundaries. So, you know, our days look so different that the routine we had to help us stay healthy and, you know, feel feel good about our days weren't there and we didn't necessarily recognise exactly how do we now put those boundaries in place because we tend to be creatures of routine. So it's really important, I think, um, when you've got curveballs thrown at you to step back and just understand, you know, what does it mean but what is it triggering? Is there something that is linked to your past experience or something that you already have as a fear that's actually triggering in you and making that fear even bigger because that's the piece that, takes us into that negative space, whether it's um, mental health issues or whether it's feeling stuck. Hmm. So how could you check in and recognise those triggers that might be getting activated? Yeah, I think, um, you know, often the the first thing is physical Um, (laughs) because uh, a lot of triggers live in our subconscious and our body reacts. So whether it's that, you know, anxiety, heart rate going up, or for some people, um, they don't sleep. Yeah. Or for other people, um, they may not feel well. They may actually start to feel sick in the stomach. Other people develop rashes. Um, So usually physical symptoms um, are an immediate response to a spike in fear 
or a spike around one of our triggers that goes to the core of what what makes us feel safe and secure and able to thrive. So physical is a is a big part. It's often the one too that we, you know, when we're busy, we just ignore, right? It's just like, I don't have time for that. Um, but that's really important to listen to your body. Um, and the second part, um, which is really important, is to think about are my fears real? So you know, at the height of COVID, a lot of people, of course, were afraid around, will I have an ongoing job? Who knows what that looks like? Um, But worry actually doesn't help. So worrying doesn't, doesn't bring any change in circumstance. And so it's really important to be able to recognize those fears, but don't let them keep growing in your head. Don't let them get out of proportion. Um, stay focused on the things that you can control and take those positive steps forward to reframe your fear and help to reduce that that impact of the trigger. <laughs> That's uh, probably easier said than done for some people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially uh, that fear element as well. I, I mean, we have a fear response usually for a reason. So if mm-hmm. that has kicked in, um, you know, there's those primal ones that that fight or flight kind of stuff that that happens for people. How do you stop that from manifesting and, and turning into this ah moment where yeah. you're spiraling? Yeah, and it's it's so easy for fear to grow in our heads and to become bigger um, because you're right. We we are wired for that fear response. And this is where, um, you know, a couple of different ways to manage that. Um, Looking at your past history, um, regardless of your age, whether you've got 20 years or 40 years or 80 years, you can actually look back and see other situations or times when things were challenging or difficult. And by looking back, you actually see that it wasn't the end of the world. Um, yes, that was tough, but I got through it. Yes, um, I didn't know and I thought it was the worst thing in the world, but actually I learned a lot. And that's really important to be able to look back and go, this new challenge is not going to, you know, result in me, you know, not having a positive life. It's a challenge. And I will get through these challenges I have in the past. Um, And that's why it's really important to provide that context of you can handle this, you've got this, you you will be okay. Um, The other part, which is also really important, is to start to break down those fears. So um, often we have that emotional response and it feels bigger and a million different thoughts and fears start to run through our heads and our brains race. Um, But by breaking down that fear with a few key questions around, okay, well, what specifically is my fear? What are the parts that I can control versus I can't control? So, for example, in the case of COVID, if you've got a fear of not having a job, have a conversation with your manager. Um, Understand, you know, what, what else are things that maybe you could do. 
um, for alternative sources of income. Um, and as you break down those fears, you also have the ability to step back and say, how real is this fear? How likely is it to happen? Um, and, and that's the piece which helps you keep the fear in a more reasonable perspective um, where you can take action and by taking action, it gives you back that sense of control so that you can keep the fear at, uh, health is probably the wrong word, but a, <laughs> a manageable um, state so that it doesn't become overwhelming and that, you know, you don't end up spiralling into a bad place. That gives you a minute to kind of reset in a way. So you can start to think a different way about things instead of that old behaviour pattern. Exactly, exactly. You can, you know, I don't think people can um, get rid of fear. Like you said, it's um, it's part of who we are. It's part of being human. It's wired in us. So it's not a matter of stopping fear because that's not that's not possible. What you can do is become better at recognising fear and managing fear. Yeah, what's that so, quote? Feel the fear and do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so it's so true, um, and and just understanding how how that works for you. So because I know different people um, have different type of triggers and they'll have a different fear response. I know for myself, um, I will you know my one of one of the things that happens if I've got a fear is I'll have difficulty sleeping. Um, and so for me, for managing the fear, it's all about breaking it down, making sure I'm exercising um, and making sure then that I'm taking positive action. My husband is completely different. So, <laughs> you know, fear manifests very differently for him. And this is where it comes back to um, understanding how you internalise fear um, and what works for you. What's the best way for you to be able to manage that so that you can move forward and and still grow? Um, because that's really what I think is important. Fear is there, but we don't want it to derail us. We ultimately want to be focused on growth. So what about if the fear is less about, you know, a circumstance or something concrete and more about uh a concern that we're going to make a mistake. You know how sometimes people get paralysed because they're worried about taking that step that it might be the wrong step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's um a lot of those fears that exist um in everyday life. So um so with those sort of fears, it's almost um a good thing in that we can more proactively manage that. Um, and similar to, you know, what I was talking before, when we act into things outside of our control, the fear is still there, but it's there because we're thinking around what, what could happen that's bad. And in my book, I talk about there being um, four levels of fear. Um, and being able to then identify what is the source of your fear but also what type of fear is it helps you then to look at it with, um, I guess, a, a perspective which enables you to say, okay, is this, fear, is this fear real? 
Is it likely to happen? Um, how, how could I reduce the likelihood of the thing I'm fearing from happening? And what are the benefits that I could get if I actually moved through this fear, if I took action? And it's really getting that balance between how do I stop the fear from growing in my head but also focus on the benefit, like what's the thing I want? So, for example, if you were nervous and fearful of having a career conversation in the workplace, um, being able to think about, okay, well, if I have a conversation, then my manager may understand exactly why I want to move into a different role or why I'm the right person, why I have the skills, and it's more likely to happen. So balancing the fear of having that conversation um, with maybe them saying you're not ready, that could be one of your fears, but with also then identifying how to action it is the way that you can then move through those fears. Yeah, there are, like you said, that, that you can question yourself on them, can't you? So it doesn't have to be a negative answer that you give yourself, does it? it can be a, you can give yourself a positive response, can't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, people think that um, other people don't have fears. And it's absolutely not true. A lot of the fears are private fears, but everyone's having them. And when people start to share that openly, you suddenly realise, oh, I'm not the only one who is fearful of having that career conversation or fearful of saying I love you in a relationship or fearful of skydiving what whatever is your fear because we um, internalize them we let them grow big but we also think that we're the only ones with fears and that's absolutely not true everyone has fears and even just knowing that helps you recognize it's it's just part of being human but there are other parts of us that want to embrace uncertainty um, because they're the parts which lead to growth and they're the good things in life. So having both fear and that need for growth coexists, they're contradictory, but the more you know yourself, the better you can manage it. Hmm. And in your book you talk about um, there's kind of these four cores, the self, um, your career, your family, and your contribution that you make to the rest of the world. Like, So can we just um, dive into that a little bit? Because I'd also like to know what happens to our growth as humans as well if, if that's out of whack, if we're leaning really hard into one element and ignoring the rest. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the reason why the four cause are so important to recognise is that they exist in all of us um, and each of us may have a different, um, I guess, blend um, contribution tends to be something that people may do more of later in life. Uh, family may suddenly be a bigger part of your life when you have kids, for example, versus before you have kids. So those four cores won't always be even. They won't always be 25% each. That will shift. Um, but why it's important is they exist in each of us and when we have too much happening across all those four calls, then we can become overwhelmed and overstressed. And that's not healthy either. That can push us from uh, a good, uncomfortable growth zone 
into an anxiety zone. Um, and the best example of that um, is often I find people after having children and going back into the workplace, they want to be able to drive their career like they did before they had children um, and be fully committed, but they've also now got a lot more uh, commitment with looking after their their young children um, and they just can't do it all. And so the purpose of the four cause is just to recognise that there are four and what are the choices you're making here and now to balance them. So you're not in the anxiety zone, you're actually in the uncomfortable growth zone, but you're also not in the stuck zone where, you know, you're you're feeling I'm not growing, I'm bored, I need something more. And just recognising that each of those four parts make up a whole person and that you can make choices around those four core components is what's really valuable in making sure that you're in that positive, uncomfortable growth zone. Yeah, now, um, you, you're a mom. you've got a career, you're, you're married, um, did you have those kind of struggles yourself and did you have to have those conversations with yourself about uncomfortable growth? Absolutely. Um, you know, and when I was, you know, a lot of those tension points are common for people. Um, it could be like we're talking about a life stage change. Um, having kids is a really big shift in the amount of time that you have either for for work or with your partner. <laughs> so that partner relationship may go down the list versus the kids. Um, but also time for self. I, you know, that's often the area that gets traded off hugely, particularly I think for, for working women. Um, so what what was time you had for self suddenly goes out the window as you're trying to do everything else. And, um, and I think that's why a lot of women actually fall out of the career funnel. Um, and it's not to say that, you know, there isn't a choice to be made around short-term versus medium-term, but often when it becomes overwhelming, then there's a, almost a, a decision in the mind to say, I just can't do it all, so I'm going to give up X or I'm going to give up Y. Um, and that doesn't lead to us being our best selves. And so one of the key things I talk about in the book is think about how do you balance those four, those four areas of you, yourself, your career, your family and your contribution for you now. That may look really different in two years' time. That may look really different in five years' time. Uh, but don't like, don't let it become overwhelming because you didn't consciously manage it. Make conscious decisions that are right. Have that conversation with your partner, with your manager or your workplace. Have those conversations to try and get the balance which will support you to be in your uncomfortable growth zone. But you will have to make choices amongst those four areas because it's not feasible, I would say, for 99.9% of people, it's not feasible to go full throttle in every zone simultaneously. <laughs> or, or else burn out and be very tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, 
So this uncomfortable growth zone, is there a kind of a formula for, for getting through it to the other side? Yeah, so um, a lot of what I talk about um, in finding your uncomfortable growth zone is um, figuring out first what that looks like for you. And what, what that looks like for me may look very different to you and to other people we know. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's really about what is that level of growth that works for you. Um, and inevitably, we know when we're in the uncomfortable growth zone. Um, I talk about there being four zones. So there's the stuck zone, there's the comfort zone, there's the learning zone, and then there's the uncomfortable growth zone. And um, stuck is usually not where we want to be. <laughs> That's where we're feeling, you know, like I'm not happy, I'm, I'm stuck, I don't know how to get out of it, but I'm not in a good place. Comfort zone is where we're becoming, you know, a bit bored, a bit stale, uh, a bit over it, and we're looking for growth. And we, we can sense these emotions in us. The learning zone can be a nice place. Um, it's where we're still learning, we're still enjoying learning, but it may not be as as high growth as, as when we're at our best, when we're thriving. So we're learning more than thriving. The reason why I call the final zone the uncomfortable growth zone is that because it has that element of challenge. Um, it's where we have to put ourselves out there or challenge ourselves to be able to do something that expands us to become more, which is why it's uncomfortable, but it's also where we experience our greatest growth. Um, and we all have experienced that. The opportunity is how do we experience more of that? Is it also a little bit about reinvention? Because, um, you know, we're not static as as human beings life throws things at us and we change so is there that element of reinvention to it as well absolutely um you know i think that with growth there are phases of growth um and growth is about change and reinvention and you know i think about what i wanted in my 20s versus 30s versus 40s and I'm almost 50, so I'm moving into a new decade. Um, but I want different things. I, I want to try different things. Um, and, and reinvention is something that we actually love. It's hard because we haven't necessarily done it before. And reinvention really does live in the uncomfortable growth zone. It's not in the learning zone. The learning zone is where we, we kind of know what it is, but we're enjoying it. The uncomfortable growth zone is where we haven't done it before, but we could. And it's being able to push through that fear to create something which didn't exist before. Um, it could be a changing, a complete changing career. It could be taking up a hobby that you've never thought about. It could be um, traveling, um, moving countries, living overseas. There are a whole lot of different ways you can reinvent yourself. And I think that when you understand your own growth, um, then you start to understand how you can shape your own reinvention 
when the timing is right for you. And what would your um, your number one piece of advice for a small business owner who's maybe feeling a little stuck to kind of help them shake that off? Yeah. Um, first of all, just recognise it. So sometimes I think when we're feeling stuck, we just live with it and we get a bit, you know, cranky and grumbly. First of all, just recognise you're stuck and that's you saying you're ready to grow. So recognise that. Don't just stay there. It's a call to action for you to grow. Um, And once you've done that, then start to think about what are the different ways that you can grow. And that's really what um, the book steps through. What are the different ways that you can understand, you know, who you are and what you already know and hence what could be, how do you activate possibilities so that you can choose the growth that will reinvent yourself, that will take you to a place of fulfilment through growth. And there's always possibilities. Always possibilities. Thank you so much, Rowena. It's been lovely having you on the show today. Would you like to give the book a plug? I know it's out soon. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's called Uncomfortable Growth and Your Reinvention. It's available on Amazon, so on the Kindle version as well as the paperback. And um, I've also been told it makes a wonderful gift. So if you know someone who is feeling stuck or just not sure of what, what, what next, um, then this book is probably a timely gift for them too. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me.